Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Friends, welcome back to the Health Forward podcast. This is episode 11, and as I mentioned last week, we are talking about meal prepping today. Once again, this is one of those topics where the right way to do something is actually the way that works best for you and that you will actually do. Last week, we talked about how to plan your meals, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to hit pause on this episode and go back to listen to that one first. But as much as what we talked about last week and the planning part can overwhelm people, the prepping part of meals for sure stops people in their tracks, like a lot of the time. There are so many ways to do this, and it can be challenging to figure out which is best for your situation. I hear a lot of questions like, how do I know how much food to make ahead and which foods will still taste good prepped in advance versus which should I make right before time to serve them and how much time does it take and so many others and don't hate me, but a lot of the answers to these questions are, it depends. It depends on how many people are in your household or how you personally tolerate leftovers or how much time you have to do the prep. So today I just want to do an overview of how beneficial meal prepping can be, as well as give you a few tips to help make it simple and helpful for you. So let's start with why would someone benefit from prepping some or all of their meals in advance? Well, one of my favorite things about it is how much time it saves me throughout the week. This is especially helpful for people who work long hours or crazy shifts and know that they're not going to have the energy to cook when they get home from work. It's also great if maybe you and your spouse work different shifts and maybe you don't get to eat your meals together every night. This really helps in that situation because you and your spouse can eat the same meals If you've prepped them ahead, you can eat the same dinner. You may not be able to eat it together, but you can eat the same thing, which helps save time. It helps save money because you're not feeling like you all need to eat out um, or that you need to cook different meals, like two meals in one day. You're going to have one meal for that day and you're just going to be, you know, make it something that's easy to reheat and then you're going to eat the same thing at just different times. So it's really helpful in those situations. Personally, it's been really helpful for me because as I mentioned in the last episode, the dinner time hours in my house also seem to be the neediest hours of the day for my toddler. And I'm sure I'm not the only mom out there who experiences this. I think it's called um, the witching hour for a reason. But Doing some sort of meal prep helps me to not have to spend as much time in the kitchen during a time of the day when she's really needing more of my attention. Another great benefit, and the one that I think is key for most people, is that prepping your meals ahead of time also helps you stick to your healthy eating goals. This is so important, especially when you're trying to make changes to your health. 
I mean, let's be real. The temptation to grab takeout or sneak through the drive-thru on your way home from work is really high, especially after a long or stressful day. I experience the same thing. However, that temptation is so much lower if I know that there's a delicious home-cooked meal for me that's something that I love waiting for me at home and one that I've already put the work and effort into. I don't want to waste that effort. And so this is one of the keys for my clients. This is a key to success for them because not only does it help them to be sure that they're fueling their bodies well with healthy food, but it also helps them to change their habits and gives them confidence that they need to learn to cook more at home. And so any process of change is going to be part of that is going to be changing your habits. And so those kinds of decisions that we default into, especially when we're tired and we're stressed, things like, you know, two or three nights a week, we're swinging through a uh, fast food. I'm not going to name any, I don't want to call any out, but, um, a fast food restaurant. And we do that one, two, three times a week. And then we look back and realize that, Oh, we've been doing that like three times a week for months or sometimes longer. And it just becomes like our default. We just fall back on it and that becomes a habit and those habits have to actually be changed. So that's another great example of how meal prepping can be used as a tool and how it give you that motivation to just go home and not go through the drive through or not order takeout because you've already put in time and effort and money into buying groceries and then prepping these meals. So now not only are you making healthier decisions, both with your time and your habits and your food, but you're also saving money. So to me, that's a win-win. As I mentioned before, There are several different methods for prepping your meals ahead. I personally use two different methods that I'm going to go over today. I go back and forth with these depending on how much meal prep time I have. The first method is what I call the big prep. I use this method when I have a little more time, maybe on Saturdays when my husband's home from work or um, maybe during one of my daughter's nap times on Monday or Tuesday. I actually got the idea for this method from the book Cook Once, Eat All Week by Cassie Joy Garcia, and I'll link to that in the show notes. This method usually takes around an hour and a half, maybe two hours if I have more interruptions, but essentially the way it works is that I prep most of my ingredients for three to four meals, plus maybe a few breakfast or lunch items if I have time. In the book, Cassie actually teaches you how to do the prep. So she calls it like prep day. And so she goes through and shows you which items you should prep first and what order things should go into the oven and things like that in order to make the most of your time and the most of your space and cookware. I highly suggest this book if you're new to the process of meal prepping or If like me, you just kind of wanted to learn a new method. Um, She includes over 26 weeks worth of healthy meals. And even if you don't use her meal plans or her recipes and you want to use your own instead, you can still apply her principles of meal prepping and how she, in what order she does things, things like that, that will help save you time. My second method that I use um, is I call it my mini prep, and that's what I default to a lot, especially if um, the week is 
one and such, I don't have time to spend a couple hours in the kitchen. When I use this method, I try to just prep one to two extra things when I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner on maybe Sunday or Monday night. So simple things like browning ground beef or pre-chopping veggies for other meals can save so much time later in the week. I'm already in the kitchen. I'm already in cooking mode. So while I wait for maybe the oven to preheat or for water to boil or something like that, I just prep an ingredient for another meal. Also, like this happens a lot. If I'm going to make something in the oven, I'm going to do all the prep for that dinner and then I'm going to stick it in the oven and have about 20 to 30 minutes. And instead of going to do something else like fold laundry or, you know, whatever, I just stay in the kitchen and then do my prep for other meals. So I literally just kind of, it saves me time because that's time I have to wait until dinner is done anyway. So why not just stay in the kitchen and get through as much as I can? Another reason I like this method, and I don't know about you, but I start most weeks with pretty high motivations and good intentions, but by like Wednesday or Thursday night, I'm tired and my motivation has usually started to decrease significantly. And so having my meals prepped earlier in the week, having a lot of things done to make dinners on Wednesdays and Thursdays and for Saturdays or lunches or something like that. I am going to be so much more likely to one, eat healthier food, two, eat at home if those things are already prepped ahead of time. And even just things like using the time while you're cooking to make your lunches for the week, that's going to go a long way in keeping you from being tempted to eat out every day. So just using these little pockets of time wisely can really be a key to success to helping you stick to eating healthy or stick to staying in a budget, like whatever your goals are, um, meal prepping is really helpful in a lot of different areas. So I wanted to share a few tips with you that you can use no matter what method you choose for meal prepping. The first one is in order to have a game plan for what to prep, you're going to need to have your meals planned out at least somewhat. It's going to be hard to prep meals ahead when you don't know what those meals are or what ingredients you need or what needs to be done to them. You can't, like I mentioned before, go back and listen to the last episode. If you're not familiar with meal planning or if you feel like you need some help, I also have a free meal planning guide that I told you guys about last week. You can go get that from either the show notes or hop over to my Instagram account and you can click the link in my bio if you need some help with planning your meals. Now, the second tip is I highly recommend that you do your grocery shopping and your meal prepping on different days. Now, I will say that this is dependent on your personality and the time, the amount of time you have. So you can experiment with it and see how it goes. Personally, it stresses me out too much to try to do both in the same day. I do like to wash my produce and then maybe do like a very small amount of pre-chopping or something when I'm putting groceries away, but actually cooking a bunch of meals right after I come home from the grocery store and I have all the groceries to put away, it's just, it's more time than I want to spend in the kitchen at one time. Along those same lines, I recommend that you start your prep with a clean kitchen. That may sound kind of like, well, duh, but... 
at least have like cleared counters and an empty sink because when you're prepping, you're going to be using a lot of space. You're going to be using more dishes, especially if you're prepping several meals. And believe me, it is not enjoyable to try to chop and mix and cook when you're working with about six inches of clean counter space or if a pile of dirty dishes is staring at you from your sink. Ask me how I know. You want the process of meal prepping to be as enjoyable and stress-free as possible. So do yourself a favor and clean your kitchen up a little bit before you start. Maybe even do that in the morning if you know you're going to be prepping in the afternoon. And then while you're at it, throw on some fun music or maybe listen to your favorite podcast. Hint, hint. Uh, while you're at it, just make it an enjoyable experience. You're more likely to do it if you enjoy it. As far as storing the food you prep, this is another question I get quite a bit. So you can store it in a few different ways. One way is to store the food that you've prepped in the fridge in the pot that you use to cook it in. So this is really helpful when you've made something like a soup or a chili or something kind of large that you're going to need to reheat before you have it as a meal. And really this makes it so simple because you cook something in a pot, maybe it's like a Dutch oven pot or maybe like a stainless steel pot on the stove. And then when it's done cooking, you give it time to cool down, you move it to the fridge. And then the night that you're going to eat it, you take it out of the fridge about an hour before you need to heat it, let it come to room temp and then stick it back on the stove or stick it in the oven. And the whole time you've only used one pot. And so I'm all about as few dirty dishes as possible. So for me, this is a tool I try to use whenever I can. And then if it's going to be a smaller dish or maybe a side dish or if it's um, maybe like a meat that I've made ahead of time, like sometimes I'll do a roast or maybe I'll roast a chicken and I need to divide the meat up for several different meals. That's when I'm going to use my glass food storage containers. And really when it comes to storing food or anything that you're going to be putting into your body, it's better to use glass or stainless steel than plastic. Even BPA plastic or BPA free, excuse me, BPA free plastic has many other kinds of estrogen like chemicals in them that can easily leach into the food, especially when the plastic is heated. So if you don't have glass containers, use what you have, use your plastic, and then try to switch over to glass as you can. Don't throw everything out and just go buy all new stuff unless you have that in your budget to do, but try to slowly one at a time replace your plastic for your glass but while you're using your plastic just don't heat your food in it in the microwave transfer your food to a ceramic or glass bowl or plate before you heat it um, please 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 don't heat your food in plastic these chemicals they do a number of things in our bodies they're called xenoestrogens they increase the overall toxic load on our livers, which our livers are just based on our culture. They're already overloaded with toxins. And I could talk about that forever, but I won't. But increased usage of plastics and other substances that put these um, estrogen-like chemicals in our body, it can lead to hormone imbalance, both in men and women and like children. This has even been found in children. And so we just need to be kind of careful I mean, the, the culture, the society, the world that we live in, we're going to be exposed to toxins. We cannot rule them all out. 
But this is one thing we can control and it's an easy switch. Okay, the last tip is going to be another of preference, but personally, I don't prep more than three to four days of food at a time unless it's something that I've prepped before and I know it's going to stay good and taste good for an entire week. So things like chopped raw veggies or hard-boiled eggs or um, something like that, those are great examples that should last the whole week and still taste exactly the same. But some cooked veggies, they're going to become mushy. And some meats, they'll become really dried out when you leave them in the fridge for over a few days. So this will take a little trial and error to figure out. But as a general rule, I stick to about four days of cooked meals. With that tip, that wraps up today's episode. I hope that you found a few of these tips helpful and you were able to see how meal prepping can be done in many different ways and how it can be helpful for you to help you stick to your healthy eating goals. As always, if you have questions um, about today's episode, feel free to reach out and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you back here next week. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.